when the angels had returned to heaven. The shepherds said to each other, Come on, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this wonderful thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Join with me, please. They ran to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. Then the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary quietly treasured these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their fields and flocks, glorifying and praising God for what the angels had told them. And because they had seen the child just as the angel had said. It's all about Jesus. Jesus be the center of it all. Come on, give him glory today. Woo! Lord, we open our hearts now to receive your word. We're ready, we're ready. We're desirous of your word in these moments together. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for opening our understanding today. We're We're desiring to really grasp and take hold of what you want to say to us from your word, from these passages, and we receive it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy Christmas, everyone. From Miss Amy and I, we're just so blessed and so grateful as we've entered this Christmas season, and what a blessing it is. Please take your seats, and we want to share together out of these passages that We just read from Luke chapter 2 in this particular account of the Christmas story that we've just read together. The words, the word shepherds appear four times. Shepherds. That the greatest news ever announced to man came to shepherds first and not to the high and mighty It reminds us right from the outset that God comes to the needy. God comes to the poor in spirit. Right from the outset, we come to understand the fact that the news came first to lowly shepherds, not to the high and mighty, shows us that And reminds us that God comes to those who are in need. I need Him today. We need Him today. Now listen carefully. Of all the occupation or occupations in Bible times, shepherding held a lowly place. Shepherds were despised by the good people. Shepherds were despised by the respectable people. The only people lower than shepherds at this particular time in Jewish history were lepers. You had lepers at the lowest and then shepherds. 
Shepherds one notch above lepers. It's amazing. Sheep herders were considered unworthy. In fact, they were regarded as thieves. Most people regarded them as thieves. Their tasks would be twofold. They would watch over the flocks in the fields to keep the flocks from straying. That was their first task. Secondly, to protect them from ravaging wolves and other wild beasts. Now most significantly, listen carefully, their work, the work of shepherding, made them ceremonially unclean. Therefore, shepherds were considered outcasts, social outcasts. They were considered last on the social list. You never invited shepherds over to your home. You never, you never, you never got involved with shepherds. Even though they were the ones supplying the lambs for the sacrifices made in the temple, shepherds were not even allowed in the city. And they certainly would never be welcomed to enter the temple for worship, though they might hope to do so. Now, I want you to bear in mind those last few words. Though they might hope... To do so, they would never be allowed to enter the temple for worship. But the announcement that came to them by the angel from heaven on that lonely, dark night was to change everything. Just as we saw in our video opener, everything changed. We see men having no social status, men despised and Rejected suddenly, we see these men rise with a cause. These men overlooked. These men that the very lowest of the social list. We see these men suddenly arise with a cause and they run with purpose to find the Christ child. And upon doing so, They celebrated. They celebrated His coming by telling others the good news. And they returned to the fields and the flocks full of joy, praising God. Oh, I love it. Can we give Jesus a hand clap? He's amazing. Come on, this was all beautifully orchestrated and it all has such incredible purpose, incredible meaning. Today we continue our series which began last Sunday, renewed in our cause to celebrate. Renewed in our cause to celebrate. Last week, Sir George started us off in this series. Wasn't that amazing? Wasn't that so good? You did so great, George. Thank you for bringing that word to us. And I want to go back and review a few things that he said to us, which I want to pick up on today. He, he began, or soon at his beginning, he shared that celebration is a part of life. Celebration is a part of life. Anything important to us, George said, 
We celebrate. We celebrate new birth. We celebrate graduation. Debts cleared. It's a cause for celebration. Now don't go out and celebrate by putting a big party on a credit card. You, you just cleared your debts. Anyway, he didn't talk about that. I just kind of threw that in. But he said this, and I want you to listen carefully. We need to be renewed in our value for this season. We need to be renewed in our value for this season to develop once more what the coming of Christ means to us as believers. Developing once more what the coming of Christ means to us as believers. If you did not have opportunity to listen or weren't here last week or have not heard the message, please go online and listen to it. Absolutely amazing. Beautiful foundation for our, our Christmas season and the event that we're, we're planning this coming Sunday. And today I want to pick up from right there, developing once more what the coming of Christ means to us as believers. I want to pick up from there by asking, what did the coming of Christ mean to the shepherds? What did it mean to the shepherds? The first recipients of this news announced from the heavenlies. Today is born to you a Savior for all people everywhere. What did that mean to the shepherds? Well, because of what they encountered in life from others. And I began to really, really focus on this and just stayed before the Lord on this. And, and here's, where, here's what I want to impart to us today. For all that they encountered in life and, and from all that they, the rejection they received and all that they experienced, for them, Christ's arrival meant hope renewed. Hope renewed. Hope is a theme that is woven throughout the entire Christmas story, clearly showing us that the hope of the universe is a person. Hope is so intertwined and interwoven throughout the entire Christmas story that we come to see that hope and the hope of the universe is a person. Hope was what the angels proclaimed from the heavens, beginning with men who were considered unworthy, beginning with men who were unacceptable in the eyes of society. Hope lay in the manger. Hope is what caused Mary to quietly treasure all these things in her heart. The renewing of hope is what propelled the shepherds to arise and go quickly to run to Bethlehem. Hope was presented with gifts from the Magi who had traveled so far. The Christmas story is a hope story. Because it records the coming to earth of the one who is hope. And his name is Jesus. I'm going to repeat that because I worked really hard on that. And you need to hear this. 
The Christmas story is a hope story because it records the coming to earth of the one who is hope. Come on, shout out his name. At the center of it all, his name is? For a people who born in sin, for a world broken by sin, there simply could not be any other source of hope. Education would not solve the problem. Governments had no power to solve the problem. People could not help one another, and they certainly could not help themselves. More and better laws could not deal with the root problem. The only solution was a Savior, and the only suitable Savior with the wisdom and the power and the righteousness to accomplish the task would be God Himself. God Himself. Think of it, the one rejected by men came to this earth, put on a robe of flesh to save those who rejected Him. Come on, the one rejected by men would become a man in order to save His rejectors. The one who men had rebelled against countless times became a man to redeem the rebels. The one who had been replaced in people's hearts by idols would leave heaven and come into this world to rescue people from themselves. He would not come demanding the service that he was rightfully due. No, he came to serve. He came to seek. He came to save. He came to suffer. He came to forgive, to rescue and restore. Christ came. And as we heard last week, he fulfilled God's plan for the ages. And because he did, there is hope today. There is hope that sinners can be redeemed. And they are given, and we are given a cause to celebrate. For those of us who have found him, aren't you glad you found him? How can we have our hope renewed to keep our cause for celebration alive. How can we have our hope renewed? So loved last week and how George began to unfold and unpack for us what we've been walking through and what we've been dealing with. And it's, it's caused the hopes of many to be shattered maybe you're here today and you just don't sense a lot of hope well, you're in the right place come on God's going to renew our cause to celebrate we're going to sing once again I, I, I believe that we're going to sing once again we're going to rejoice once again. And it's not because somebody gave us what we really want for Christmas. It's because Jesus, and by the Holy Ghost, and by the Holy Spirit, has just ministered to our lives and opened to our understanding. I want to share a couple of truths with us on how to see our hopes renewed in this season.
Come on, this is the Christmas story is a hope story. This season is a season of hope. And I want to begin by saying to you one important part of being renewed in hope is to choose to trust God. Choose to trust God in and through everything. Choose to trust God in and through everything. I realized as I began to study the subject of hope, and I really began to pour into this message of hope, having our hopes renewed in order to keep our cause for celebration alive and well, I learned something. Much of the hope that we find in the Bible, I learned this, it isn't really connected with circumstances. Much of the hope that we find in Scripture isn't really connected with circumstances. It's connected with a choice. Hope in the Word of God is connected with a choice. It's connected with a decision. We have to choose to trust In fact, one of the keys to a life filled with hope is choosing to maintain your cause to celebrate. Even when your circumstances are disappointing or painful. And I think every one of us have encountered disappointment and pain. And and the key, one of the keys to a life filled with hope is to choose to maintain Not give up your cause to celebrate. Even when circumstances are disappointing you, are they hurt? As we learned last week, our celebration, this is a direct quote from last week's message, our celebration is not dependent on our circumstances. Our celebration is not dependent on our circumstances. Take, for example, and I want to build on this a little bit. Take, for example, the prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet Habakkuk. Amazing prayer. The prophet Habakkuk, he prays to God when he comes to God in prayer when Israel is in a terrible state of disarray. Wickedness and idolatry ruled the land. When Habakkuk prayed the following prayer. Wickedness and idolatry ruled the land. Not only that, but the Assyrians. The Assyrians were threatening to overwhelm Israel. And they were conducting their forces, the Assyrians were. And they were, they were, they were moving in. They were overwhelming Israel. And it's at this point that Habakkuk began to pray his prayer in Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. And as I share his prayer, pay attention to both the circumstances the prophet is facing, the circumstances the nation is facing, as well as Habakkuk's response. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen 
and no cattle in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Come on, receive it today. There's not much more that could be going wrong in Israel. Yet Habakkuk's response is to rejoice. And when I looked up this word rejoice, it means, it's incredible. It's describing a state and act of celebration. It's, it's, it's both the state and the act of celebration. You can only remain in a state of celebration by trusting in God's power as being greater than what you're going through presently. You can only remain in a state of celebration by trusting in God's power as being greater than what you're dealing with right now, than what you're going through presently. The prophet chooses to not just rejoice, but he chooses to be joyful. Look at this. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. That's amazing. Listen, it's incredible for you to understand this. Normally, when good things happen, that's when we feel happy. But church, happiness, while it's dependent upon favorable circumstances, joy is a state of being. Joy is a condition of the heart. Happiness or rejoicing, really, in many times, it, it's, it, it, it's determined by our circumstances being favorable. And that's where our focus is. And when, when circumstances become unfavorable, we, we, we find ourselves saddened and worried and full of anxiety. But if you will choose, you see, to have your hopes renewed, it requires a decision. To have your hope renewed. When circumstances around you are such that, man, it's just like, this is, doesn't look good. And it's not happening. Choose. Make a choice like Habakkuk did to re-enter that state of joy. That the joy of the Lord is my strength. Not happiness. The joy of the Lord is my strength. We're not always happy. But we can choose joy. I said we can choose joy. Woohoo! We can choose to put a smile on our face. Psalm 94 verse 17, Unless the Lord had helped me, the psalmist cries and said, Unless the Lord had helped me, I would soon have died. Verse 18, I cried out. I cried out. I'm slipping. And your unfailing love, O Lord, supported me. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. I love verse 19 from the NIV. It says, when anxiety was great within me, 
Your consolation brought joy to my soul. Oh, hallelujah. When anxiety was great within me. There's some anxiety in here today. There's some anxiety in here in the hearts of people today. We're going to be set free from it in Jesus' name. And we're going to see the Lord return us to that state of joy. Even though our present circumstances, we're going to choose today to to trust God. We're going to choose today to trust God. Secondly and finally, to have your hope renewed, maintaining your cause for celebration. Don't wait for change to come before embracing and living the truth. Don't wait for change to come and then you're going to embrace and obey and live the truth. I realized that after the announcement of the good news made by the angel, nothing changed in the shepherd's situation. Nothing. People didn't come out from the city or from the town and say, what did you got? What had just happened to you? What? What? I mean, nobody recognized, nobody gave them any recognition. Nobody, you know, the scripture says that the, the heavenlies were filled with angels. And yet the, the, the shepherds were still unwanted. Nothing changed in their situation. They were still ostracized. They were still unworthy in the eyes of everyone. In fact, I would imagine a lot of people got angry. How in the world would he appear to shepherds first, not us? I'm sure it didn't set real well with a lot of people that the first recipients of the good news were the social outcasts. Aren't you glad? Who of us are worthy? Yet these shepherds embraced the truth and they said to one another, Come on! Now when you use those words, something's happened. They didn't look at each other and say, Hey, what do you guys think? Should we head on over yonder? No, they said, Come on! Come on, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this wonderful thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They didn't just go, they went to see. And the word see means to see in order to know. To see in order to know. We've just been told something. Let's go see so that we can come to know. It's not enough to hear about Jesus. It's not enough to peek in the manger and say, oh, how nice. What a lovely scene. It gives me such good feelings. The truth is, even if Christ were born in Bethlehem a thousand times, but not born within you, you and I would be eternally lost. The Christ that was born into the world He must be born in your heart. The Christ that was born into the world must be born into your heart. Religious sentiment, even at Christmas time without the living Christ, is a pathway into darkness. Listen, religious sentiment, even 
at Christmas time without the living Christ is a pathway into darkness. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 28 says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. And He increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. But those who hope, but those who hope, in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Yeah, come on, praise Him. Praise Him. Hope in the here and now and hope in the great forever that is to come. It rests upon just One person, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That's our cause for celebration. And as our hopes are renewed, so is our cause maintained. At this Christmas season, you can be assured that Jesus Christ is here. He's here to give us hope. He's here to forgive our sins. He's here to give us a new song. He's here to impart faith. He's here to heal our spiritual wounds. I want to close in prayer. Some of you are having to choose to trust right now. You're really having to choose to trust right now. The fig tree is not budding as it were. There's no grapes on the vine. There's no cattle in the stalls. Or perhaps, I heard it this way in my heart, perhaps the cattle have run away from the stalls. Others of you have embraced God's Word and You're seeking to walk it out, but you need your strength renewed. Nothing seems to be changing. And you want your hope renewed today. Everyone stand with me, please, and let's finish. Come on, if you need prayer in either of these, in in this choosing to trust right now, you're just... You've, you've made a decision and you're, you're just having to choose to trust. Nothing budding, no grapes, no cattle. Others walking it out, but you've embraced it, but nothing seems to be changing. You need your hope renewed. Come on, let's pray. Just lift your hand if you're in need of this prayer today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we set our hearts, our hopes once more upon you. Lord, where can we go? You are our source. Lord, it appears in the natural that we've really been dealt a bad hand. Nothing is 
Nothing seems to be working out. Nothing seems to be coming together. We've held on to the horns of the altar, oh God. We determine once more by faith today to arise as these shepherds, to arise with and return to our cause in Jesus' name and to our purpose in Jesus' name. Your hand is upon us. Your hand has chosen us and and selected us. And we choose in this Christmas season, God, we choose to finish this year, Father. We choose to go out with this in this year of being renewed in strength. We choose to believe. We choose to trust. We choose to look to you today. And Father, we thank you that you are a very present help in the time of trouble. Thank you for coming. Thank you for giving us that awesome, awesome place of hope and joy. And we receive it today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I receive it today. I take hold of it today. And therefore, I will celebrate and declare the goodness of God. Our series, church, concludes this coming weekend with Christmas decked out, a cause to celebrate. Aren't you glad? Come on, we're going to have an amazing time. I, I, I please want you to note the special times, the special times that we're having both on Saturday and Sunday. We will not be having, at this point, we're, 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 we're not be having a Sunday morning service here. We're going to be starting our Sunday as well as our Saturday at 1.30 p.m. If that changes, we will communicate it. But please remember to take note of these special times. Please remember to get registered. And let's all plan to be here, right here. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah, make sure you bring your family. We get all decked out. Please make sure to bring your friends. Get them up in here. Get them registered. And we're going to have a great time. Please get onto that registration so we can see and get everything done in good time. Have an amazing week, everybody. Go and God bless you. Happy Christmas. Be blessed.